What if you could step out into the stage of life, into the full spotlight of your gifts, and profoundly impact your ideal audience every time? Finding your powerful voice as an entrepreneur is often one of the most difficult challenges that we face, but it allows you to never be vanilla, to always stand out, and to totally come from a place of your full feminine power. And that's what my beautiful guest and I discuss on this week's episode of the Untapped Podcast. Hi, I'm Natalie Sisson, an entrepreneur, best-selling author, speaker, host of this Untapped Podcast, and a lover of handstands and dogs. I've spent over a decade building successful businesses I love and teaching others to do the same. I want to help you tap into your unlimited potential and make the income and impact you desire simply by being you. In fact, I'm on a mission to help 1,000 women earn at least $10,000 a month and contribute at least 1% of their revenue to causes that they truly care about so that together we can create a ripple effect in this world. So if that sounds like you and you're on board to learn how to make the mindset shifts you need to have the business success you want and the lifestyle that you desire, then this is the podcast for you. My guest today is Emma Beck. She is a singer, songwriter, violinist, and avant folk live looping artist. She's a music educator with over 10 years of experience. And in 2013, she founded She Sings Out Loud, where she helps upcoming women and femme singer songwriters move beyond fear, self doubt, shame, and overwhelm. Through Emma's work, they learn to reclaim their soul sound and step into their true artistic calling so that they can, with unshakable confidence, own the stage, share their music, and make a profound impact. But before you think that this podcast is only for musicians and public speakers, it's about any content you wish to give to the world, be it a Facebook Live, a podcast, vlog, or even a blog. Emma has helped dozens of women take their next steps to express themselves creatively, including going on to develop full-blown careers in music and experiencing breakthroughs in relationships, public speaking, and other areas where voice and self-expression are essential. In this episode, we dive deep into what feminine power means and why it's vital to yourself and your business, your voice and voicelessness, and why the history of silencing is essential to understand. Why we use our inner patriarch more than our feminine voice and how we can find her again. What the art of giving and receiving means to your feminine power. How to own the stage both metaphorically and physically. And what it means to become magnetic. We also talk about how Emma has succeeded in building her business right out of music college. Her incredible success in launching her online course after she took my Launch Your Damn Course Accelerator and the massive mindset shifts that she's had since being a 10K Club member. So sit back, relax, and let Emma's beautiful dulcet tones woo you to finding your powerful feminine voice. Emma Beck, such a delight to have you on the Untapped podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Thank you. I can't believe I'm here. I'm fangirling out a little bit because I think I've been listening to your podcast since 2013 or so. (laughs) Really? That long? That is impressive. Well, you know exactly what you're in for then. So I'm going to throw the first beautiful question at you, which is how do you tap into your potential and get paid to be you? So first of all, I'm a musician and I would say that's the core of who I am and the heart of where I work. I'm a singer and I do something called live looping where I layer lots of instruments and kind of an avant-garde folk sort of sound with American roots and Eastern European influences. And my mission sort of in life and with my music is to really help people wake up to their true nature 
and their limitless potential and really open their hearts and their minds. Because I really feel like if we do that as individuals, then we can really heal a lot of the issues of oppression and equity and violence and aggression and things like that that are really important, especially in this current time, to really be looking at. So that's sort of the heart of my work. And from there, I have a business called She Sings Out Loud, and I help women and femme upcoming singer-songwriters really step into their true artistic calling and reclaim what I call their soul sound so that they can make an impact with their music. Beautiful. I love how deep your why goes. We talk about this a lot in the 10K Club, but that why, having that real why behind what you do and not just in work, but in life is super important. And I love how connected yours is and how solid it is and how much it underpins so much of your work. So how has that informed, I guess, how you've set up your business? And did you always have that why from the beginning or has this been like metamorphosis of Emma as you've transformed Yeah, I mean, I think I've had that why for a while in some capacity, but the work that I do now in my teaching, which she sings out loud, I kind of had to go on my own journey to discover why I was doing my own music because I dealt with so much self-doubt and fear. I couldn't even call myself a musician, even though I was paying to be in school to get a degree in music. And there was so much there. And so it really kind of took digging deep and discovering that why to then be able to even have the confidence to write and to perform and to put myself out there as a musician. And then in teaching, one of the things that I do in my course is help people discover what I like to say is why it's necessary. So it's so hard sometimes to get over the fear and the self-doubt when we're just kind of in our own bubble in our own head, but to really think about the impact you want to make that can kind of help to kind of cut through the ego, I would say, and open up the door for that free self-expression. So that's sort of where that musical why. And then, of course, your amazing courses, <laughs> both Launch Your Damn Course and 10K Club, I feel like it really solidified more clearly for me. I think that's so much in that that I want to unpack. You were studying to be a musician, yet you weren't prepared to call yourself a musician. I think it really speaks to me because a lot of people are writing their book, but they're not prepared to call themselves a writer or even an author. So what were the steps that you took, I guess, to recognize, no, hang on a minute, I'm amazing at this. Or even if you don't feel you're amazing, like, no, I got this and I write and I perform and I sing and I'm a musician. What was the kind of steps that you took that really helped you step into that? Because I imagine it, I mean, there's nothing more scary than putting yourself out there, right? Like I take my hat off to anybody who is on stage speaking, acting, comedians, all the things. It's such a personal journey. It's you up there on stage, even if you are acting out in an alter ego. Yeah, I mean, it was a long journey. <laughs> and I think in some ways, it comes down to another part of what I teach, which is the receiving practice, mm-hmm. which is about learning how to have attention on you. And so I was looking, trying to figure out why I was so afraid and what was so difficult. And I sort of stumbled into the world of women's community and feminine power. And I feel like those discussions were just beginning. This was like 2011, maybe right after I'd graduated from school maybe a little bit before that. And it really was this kind of reclaiming of my feminine power and this kind of realizing that I had so much that I inherited about what it was to have attention. And, you know, attention being scary, being dangerous, (laughs) attention being egotistical, like there was so much fear around that. And so in sort of discovering this practice and teaching it and digging deep into Again, I think the why, like, why does music matter for me? What's the difference I want to make for other people? 
but that was sort of the journey to allow myself to step into that power and to call myself a musician and to really realize that music is about intimate connection. And I think I was really just afraid of that. And I think that's we're afraid of being really seen for who we are. And yet I think in some ways that's our job as musicians or as leaders in a way is to kind of to be that. And it also gives other people permission to be that. So when I was able to just start to connect with my audience rather than feeling like I had to be special, <laughs> that it was really just about human to human connection in this sort of cycle that's very natural of offering and receiving that sort of cut through a lot of that fear and a lot of that ego. Beautiful. I'd love to dig into that more actually and talk a little bit more about the feminine power and the voice or voicelessness. Do you want to share a little bit more about the work that you've been doing on that and why it's important? I know you were just sort of sharing a little then, but for those of us listening who maybe don't consider ourselves musicians or artists or singers, there's obviously, as you said, there's so many ways you can bring this out in your work through speaking, through your content, through writing, through your videos. So what is it that you found particularly when it comes to the feminine voice? What are we doing wrong? How are we sabotaging ourselves and what do we need to start doing instead? Yeah, I love that you distinguish that too between musicians and people that don't consider themselves musicians because the word voice is any way that we express ourselves, I feel. It's not just your singing voice. It's any way that we are putting ourselves out into the world. And I think that as women, we're just carrying this, you know, ages and ages, so many generations of this history of voicelessness and that we don't really necessarily realize how much that's impacting us, that we, you know, we think we can just sort of muster up our strength and push hard enough or do it, try to do it better and better and better. And I think that that's this kind of aggressive way of being that's coming from our patriarchal culture, that it's actually goes against this claiming of our feminine power and is about this kind of very neurotic aspect of the masculine energy. And so I feel like as women, if we're only trying to put ourselves out there in that way, then we feel disconnected from our true self and our true power. And so this aspect of, I think, first, just kind of noticing that, yes, there's issues, there's sexism, and there's patriarchy, and there's so many issues outside of us. But there's also the way that we internalize that, that we sort of censor ourselves, or we are just have learned how to be quiet. I mean, I think we grow up so many times being told to be quiet or to diminish our brightness in a way. And so I think we have to first acknowledge that and realize that we're sort of continuing to perpetuate those stories in our own psyches. And then from there, we can really start to think about how our work matters and how we can really claim our right to be seen and heard, so to speak. And it's such a beautiful thing that you're sharing there, but also such a scary process when, as you said, it's been kind of ingrained in us culturally to not always speak out or to advocate for what matters And I know it's something that I'm working towards as well more. I've always been happy to be transparent and candid about myself and what I'm doing, but then speaking up for injustices that I see or just really where I want to help people and help them shine more. It takes a lot of guts, I think, to like speak out against the masses and to have a different point of view and to share that strongly from a place of, as you said, your not from an aggressive standpoint, just from a total belief and understanding and genuine heartfelt, like this is how I feel and this is what I think is important. And I love it when women do that, especially when women do that and men, but especially women because it feels like they do just step out of themselves and it's not about them anymore. It's about the people that they want to serve and the people that they want to help and the light they want to shine on them and the potential they see. 
So I think that's really beautiful and that you especially do that through your work and through the power of voice. So for people listening who, again, are just really fascinated by this without giving away all your special source, what's just one thing that you found helps your clients immensely? Is it a, a way that they need to look at themselves or a way that they need to have a different filter of perspective? Because obviously a lot of the experiences we have in life are through the filter and the lens that we see the world and reshaping that or reimagining that or having somebody kind of like interrupt that can be one of the best ways to see things from a fresh perspective. But what have you found that your clients do particularly well once you've worked with them? What is that thing that they do to get past that? Well, maybe I'll just say one practice that I teach is I call the core heart throat visualization. And maybe one thing that, that I think women and really all people could do, I think all genders, this can be useful, is to really connect to our core. I think that as a culture, we are so kind of high energy up in our heads, up in the kind of upper chakras, and to just draw that energy down and connect to our core, which I feel is a source of our soul sound mm -hmm. and our voice. It's really on, from the chakra point of view, it's the center that is our power. It's our center of offering and receiving. It's our center of creativity, of also acknowledging our needs. I think that that's another thing that women tend to struggle with is kind of permission to have needs. And I think that that's connected to the kind of voicelessness that we have to acknowledge what we need and what serves our own self-expression in order to then offer that. And it's not selfish, right? It's about offering and contributing our gifts. And so really doing the work to feel our core and to connect to our core, I think also with body image, there's so much wrapped up in just our bellies <laughs> and being able to kind of just tap into that whole part of our body can be huge for then allowing that to come out in terms of our self-expression because there's this direct connection between the throat chakra and the core chakra, the second chakra and the fourth chakra to really, did I say that wrong? Fifth chakra. I get the, the numbers mixed up, but <laughs> anyway, connection. So the core is where we actually receive and we honor our gift. And then the voice, the throat is where we actually energetically offer that back into the world. So to kind of get these to talk to each other. And the really simple way to do that is to literally just breathe into your core, put your hand on your belly and to just kind of rub your belly and feel that energy and then you could visualize like a bright light, like an orange or red light, or you could visualize like sometimes I use the visualization of a plant that's kind of unfurling, that there's a seed of our creative potential that lives in this place and then it slowly grows and unfurls and that comes up through the heart chakra and into the throat and then naturally that release of offering our voice out into the world happens without pushing, that it actually comes from connecting deeply to ourselves and then just unleashing that, not putting a lid on it and allowing it to kind of clear. And I think singing also can be really helpful that the energy of using our singing voice will clear energetically a lot of blocks that we're holding in our body. So even people who aren't singers, if you can just find a way to use your voice and to play around with it and just enjoy it with this kind of intention to connect to your core, then that can really be helpful, I think, in other areas where you're blocked in really unleashing your voice. Beautiful, beautiful description. And you actually took me right back to my school days when I was in the choir. And you could tell when the girls in the choir, because we're in all girls school, 
would sing from their throat or from their chest versus from their belly. And I used to remember the choir teacher, probably not putting it as beautifully as you, but you know, you really need to access and, and sing from there. And that's where the core breath will come. And when people did, they got out of their throat a little bit like getting out of your head and they just let rip and it was so much more powerful. And I still tend to practice that today. Like if I'm in the car singing really loud to some tunes, I know that if I go and sing from the belly, not the best way of saying, but as you said, from that core, it's so much more powerful and strong. And sometimes I surprise myself versus when I'm like feeling a little bit more, I don't know, it might be a little bit more stressed or I've been a little bit constricted during the week and I haven't really let my playful creative side come out. And then I can just hear myself singing from this restricted throat place. And it's so different, isn't it? It's like from your powerful inner core versus this little tiny (laughs) tube that you're trying to squeeze something out of, which has so many analogies to life. It's beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Um, I'll just add, if I may, I also find though that there are many singers who know that they have to use their core for singing support, but you can still be energetically cut off. It's very interesting. (laughs) Tell me more. (laughs) Well, it's sort of the external muscles for sure of engaging core support when we speak or when we sing. But also, if we can really just energetically tap into that center and sort of feel not just the muscles, but tapping into our intuition and our creativity on that level. So I think that in some ways that happens naturally when we sing and when we're singing from the core. But I also do know some singers that are just out of touch with their true expression, but maybe are still doing core support. So you've got to kind of go, go deeper into it, so to speak. A hundred percent. And that's what I was going to follow on by saying is that it's a pity that in choir, they really talked about singing from that place, but not really understanding your gut intuition and sensing that because that would take it to a whole nother level. So I love that you made that distinction. Thank you for that. And it's interesting. I've been doing some work recently with Mia Hewitt, who was also on this podcast and it is all about getting out of your thinking brain, which I'm often in. And over the years I've been coming much more into a place of my heart and my gut and even my yoni, which we've talked a little bit about in the past. And it's just fascinating when you get into this place of feeling, like she's always like, no, 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 really feel for it. And you can see people on this call going and they're processing their brain. She's like, no, feel for it. And once you finally get out, as you talked about right at the beginning, away from this ego place of the sense of control and trying to control things or stay in your place or do what you've always done or just hold on to those last echelon of kind of, what you know and what is comfortable to you and you just get away from all that and you just sense into how does my heart feel and what is my core and my inner gut really telling me it's incredible and like the full body sensations that I've had just from letting go and really feeling and letting emotion come out is amazing but not always easy to do and I think for women we've often locked it away for so long that we've almost lost the ability to reconnect you know like it's a lot harder whereas I feel we have the most capacity to do that because I've also seen research which says that if you ask somebody where are you feeling that a lot of men don't instinctively go for their gut like they don't if you say to them what's your gut telling you they'll be like um I don't know whereas for women it's a lot more intuitive but we've got it as much like a muscle isn't it you've got to exercise it and connect into it to really fully get the full effects of it yeah and again the voice can help you go there so it's not Mm. you know there are singers that don't do this but ultimately the voice can really help you to you know sing down into your core so not just Mm. using the core to support the voice but can you sing down into those energy parts and can you actually feel the vibration of your voice in your yoni in your core in your heart in your throat and all the way back up yeah just for those wonderful people listening who are wondering what the heck a yoni is how do you like to describe it Emma? 
<laughs> Can I use this word on your podcast? I mean, I love the word pussy. I think yeah. that's powerful. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. People have some issue with it, but there's a beautiful book, which, oh, I can't remember the name of the author now, but I think it's called Pussy a Reclamation. Mm. And ah, know, yes. Yeah, I really think that we are maybe reclaiming that word to mean mm. our power center as women. Yes, as 100%. As female bodied people. Yes. Thank you for explaining because one of my favorite comedians, Trevor Noah, I'm listening to his book right now, actually, which is incredible, Born a Crime, has one stand-up comedy where somebody calls him a pussy. And he's like, oh, thank you. And the person's really surprised that he's not insulted. He's like, do you realize the pussy is the most powerful organism in the female body? It's incredibly strong. It can deal with so much. It can birth babies. It's the center of like pleasure. And he just totally reframed it and flipped it. And everybody in the audience, you could just see was like, wow, yeah. We often use our genitalia to like demean people like, oh, you're such a dick or don't be a pussy. Or, and it's incredible how we're demeaning these super, super powerful, I guess, core essences of our body where so much happens. So thank you for sharing that. But another word for it is the yoni, which I also really love. So while we're on that and moving slightly into giving attention to certain parts of our body, what do you feel that we need to do better to learn how to have attention put on us and our work and not shy away from that? So really own the stage and kind of become a magnetic person and not get so wrapped up in ourselves. Like how do we put ourselves out there more? You're great at doing this and I think you do it from a very loving, tender, sharing place, but I also know how hard it is for people to even just get on a Facebook Live or record an audio podcast or even write a blog post. So what is it that you feel that we need to become better at in terms of receiving that attention and then actually using that attention in the right way? Yeah, well, I think we're afraid of being judged. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. it's a reason why we don't do that, right? So I think it's partly a mindset shift to realize that, yes, there will be people judging us, but there's also the people that will really benefit. You just kind of, it's partly switching yourself to who do you want to benefit versus focusing on who really, it's not even that they judge you, they don't necessarily understand. Mm -hmm. So I feel like this, you talk so much about finding your avatar and when you really know who it is that you're serving, you can just switch from not focusing on the people that, again, don't really understand or aren't your ideal audience and really put the emphasis on who you want to serve And if they're getting benefit from it, then they won't judge you. And so therefore you're able to make an impact. So that's one thing, the mindset shift. But the other thing that I really teach is has to do with receiving. Mm. So again, just kind of the word receive means to allow in that which is offered. So if we, again, can flip our thinking and, and see that when someone is listening to us or receiving what we have to offer, that they are offering us their attention, their love, and their interest. Just like, you know, if somebody were to give you a present and you went, oh, no, no, I don't want this, right? You like rejected it. It would be very strange and it would be in some ways harmful to that person because we love giving things to people and we want that to really be received. So it's the same thing when somebody, when you block the attention that someone is offering you and when you block the love that's coming towards you or the interest, it's the same thing as saying, nope, I don't want this gift that you're giving me. So to just kind of flip it and to really honor it, to say, oh, these people, even if you don't know who they are yet, even if you're like we are right now, we don't, we're recording this podcast, there's not a live audience in front of us listening, but you can still sort of sense the people and feel them and imagine that they are 
coming towards you and they're offering all of their love and attention and they're so grateful for what you're about to contribute to them. And then just to really allow yourself to receive that and take that in and watch the habit of deflecting and watch the habit of deflecting is often coming from just this really ingrained pattern where we have been trained that it's not safe to attract attention and to recognize that because I think so much for women, it's so automatic that we just have learned that behavior that we want to stay safe and deflect the attention, but to notice that that isn't needed anymore, <laughs> that we are able to really put our voices out into the world in most societies, there's still some work to be done <laughs> yeah. in, in many places and around the world and in subtle ways, but to really just allow that attention in. Yeah, I love it. Beautiful. Thank you for sharing. And you are so right. I mean, in a world where more and more people seeking attention, and also there's some of this demand for attention. I think it's super important for those of us to step up who have real gifts to share and real lessons to share and wisdom to impart and also things to learn from others that we do it in the right way so that it's not noise out there, but it's a genuine sharing and attention in the right manner. We're just, people really want to be part of what you're going on and the journey that you're on and the things that they can learn from you because they can sense it's coming from a different place, not the salesy place, not the attention grabbing place, but this genuine desire to connect and share and learn and teach. Which leads me into, I'd love to sort of change tack a little bit into how you've morphed your business. Because when I think we first met, you were doing a lot of one-to-one teaching and that's been amazing. And you're super, super talented. And I'd love for you to share a little bit more about your business setup even in the last couple of years and how you actually started out charging and creating offers and services that helped you set up the business. Because I think, especially from an artist perspective, and this may be a a belief in my head, but you often hear about debunking the myth of the starving artist. And I know that a lot of artists just aren't, or struggle, I'm not going to say aren't, struggle with how do they monetize themselves? How do they get paid for the gifts that they have? How do they do that in a way that aligns with what's important to them and not feeling eh? And then also, how do you sort of charge what you're worth and really turn this into something where you still get to create? Because I know it's super important for you and I love that you do so many of your own live performances and you love performing and singing and sharing. But you also have this pretty awesome business where you're teaching others how to do the same. So do you want to just share a little bit of the journey of your business and how you set that up and what you started with compared to where you're at now? Sure, I'll try not to be too long-winded because there's a lot. No, I always think it's fascinating too, just to see there's this sort of trend that you see with people of the journey that they go on. So I'm really curious to hear more about yours and see if it, it aligns with that. Yeah, so I kind of came out of the gate of graduating from music school in this place of not able to call myself a musician. And immediately when I kind of resolved that and worked on it, I just got really clear, like, I don't want to have to work a day job. I want my own business. It's what I'm going to do. And so I immediately sought out business coaching pretty early on. And at the time, there wasn't, now there's a lot of business coaching for musicians, but at the time, there wasn't any of that available. Nobody was talking about how to put your music online or how to have entrepreneurial skills or build an email list. Nobody was talking about that in the music world. And so I immediately just sought out people who were, and you were one of them. I found your podcast and I read your book and I was definitely in the space of just kind of learning and soaking it all up and also working with a coach in a program. So I founded She Sings Out Loud in 2013. And at the time it was in-person groups with a lot of kind of one-on-one teaching, as well as then working on my own music and kind of touring and working on albums and doing all of that and building my email list for my music 
and all those things. And then I actually got really, really sick. I decided I wanted to be a suitcase entrepreneur like you. (laughs) (laughs) I packed up my life. I decided to tour full time. I quickly realized that being a suitcase entrepreneur when you can put your laptop into a bag is very different than lugging around tons of music gear and trying to be on the road. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine. The biggest suitcase. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. And so I burned out really hard and I ended up back home with my parents in bed for about six months. And I had to just close everything down. And then it was actually really good because as I rebuilt, I realized how I still was still so much to learn and how in some ways I'd been starting to teach things that I hadn't fully mastered. And I think because I so clearly mastered this aspect of knowing who I was as an artist and all of that, but I was sort of, people were asking me about the business side and I was trying to answer their questions when I hadn't really fully learned it. And so I just decided to switch gears and focus on my own music. I got a job teaching in a school and that kind of took up several years and then slowly started sort of building the one-on-one practice again, both with She Sings Out Loud and also with just individual violin students. And so for the past two or three years, that's mainly what I've done. I quit working at the school and I've been just working one-on-one and then doing my own music, which I had been building my audience. I started touring with house concerts and able to actually start building some really real wonderful income just through my music and my performance. And then I just really got clear about six to nine months ago that it was time for She Sings Out Loud to be reborn again. (laughs) And then I tried the thing, I sort of tried to put a course out there and nobody bought it in-person course. And I just didn't know what the next thing was going to be, but I had been dreaming for years about having it be online. And that's when I came across your launch your damn course and immediately knew I had to take it. <laughs> and it was sort of like saying to you. I kind of had, I'd been following you, but then I hadn't been following you as much because I'd been working more on just my music business. And then I just kind of, it fell into my email box and I said, this is it. And really quickly, I'd been for years just kind of struggling with how I wanted to teach this work when I started again. And even after healing, getting well, I just was really unclear about how to, not just the structure of it, but even the nitty gritty of what I was teaching, how to talk about it, because the world had changed so much. People were talking about feminine power, how to talk about gender in a time when it's really important to be inclusive and non-binary. And all of these things were really challenges for me. And so in your course, I really just got clear. <laughs> I feel like it was magic. I mean, I know that I worked hard, but I also just felt like every little thing that you said to me were speaking my language. And it just, it was like a drop in the bucket. And over the course of those 60 days, it just all worked itself out. Like from the nitty gritty of how to even have an online business to the very specific things that I wanted to teach in my course. And I launched that course with eight members in it several of whom were previous clients from a while ago. And then some of them had just come through Facebook ads. So that was new to me that I could just put Facebook ads up and hold an email list and then go buy my course. That was amazing. And from there, then with the 10K Club, I've just have been getting more and more clear with your support, more and more clear on who I wanted to serve, realizing there was a need for it. I think I was so afraid of trying to kind of again was to realize that I really did have something to offer in a a specific way when it came to being empowered as a female musician and putting your music out there and being a performer. And not a lot of people are talking about that. And yet there was definitely a demand for it. So I just got more clear. And now I have this course, I'm just launched for a second time. And I have 
eight amazing women that are my ideal clients who I've always wanted to work with. And we have this beautiful group and the course is now created, which is wonderful. And we have group calls, but it just feels like it's growing more and more and more. I started a membership that's kind of a graduate course for women who have gone through this 90 day program with me. And then I still have a few, you know, I have about 12 or 15 one-on-one students that I still see weekly, but I can see that that will just continue to kind of, I'll be able to continue to have less one-on-one students as I grow this other aspect, which is really my heart work. And yeah, it's a very exciting time. (laughs) I'm so proud of you as well, because the leaps and the bounds since we've been working together from Launch Your Damn Course, where you just came in, as you said, it really spoke to you and you were so ready to do the work. I think you'd been sitting on this idea for so long. And as you said, sometimes just getting the structure is the hardest part, but most of the time it comes back to really understanding who the heck your ideal clients are and then what they need and structuring it around that. And so I think you just really embrace that. And even for people who have gone through the 60 days, I feel like that lesson really drops like in the 50th day or something. It's like they've done all the other work and they're like, wait a minute, I just need to go back to their ideal avatar and really understand who they are. And from there, everything just becomes so much easier because you know exactly who you're speaking to. But one thing I think you've done incredibly well is really understand your value. And we've looked at your sales funnel and your pricing and just some of the aha moments that I've seen you have in both Launch Your Damn Course and the 10K Club are around, oh, hang on a minute, one, you're worth more, two, understanding the value that you provide and how to package it, and three, just some really big mindset shifts on what you want to earn and the financial freedom that you'd like and how that's going to support your lifestyle, but also the work that you do, shining the light on others and the expansiveness that you're stepping into. Has this been really amazing to see? Like, gives me shivers sometimes when I just see you like, oh, I had this breakthrough and now I've had this breakthrough. Wait, I've just realized this. I feel like you're just on this massive path of self-expansion, self-learning. And it's because you're so fully aware and open to it. It's like you've really embraced that gut feeling and opened up all your chakras, whatever way you want to put it. And um, it's just amazing to see that beautiful phrase comes to mind of what magic awaits and just living in that place of possibility. And I think you do that really well. Even when you're struggling or stuck, you'll really work through something, get flustered about it like we all can and you can have like a moment, but then you you really reflect and take time to go, what is this? Is this an internal block? Is this an external block? Is this something that I can just tweak or improve? I think you're very good at separating that from you to the actual what is this and how do we step past it? I feel like so much of it is you and your amazing teaching style. And I just feel like you said something, you wrote me an email in the middle of launch down course that you said, there's a little tough love, Natalie coming at you. (laughs) (laughs) It was basically something around just why are you saying all this is impossible? It's totally possible. It was some version of that, but you just kind of gave me a little kick in the butt. (laughs) And It worked because I was so jaded. It was something, you know, I'd been able to step into my power as a musician But then when it came to this teaching work or when it came to, again, just my money stories and this kind of ability to, I guess it has something to do with deserving, like allowing myself to actually have abundance in my life and to have this career, I was just really jaded. And I really didn't believe that Facebook ads could work or email list building could work or all this stuff. And you just kind of said, huh, well, you haven't really tried. (laughs) And why are you saying this isn't possible when you haven't tried? And I suddenly like a light bulb went off and I just started trying. (laughs) Yeah. With amazing results. Hey, it's been incredible. 
And you've put in the work too. So I'm not going to lie. I think the people who go through the Launch Your Damn Course Accelerator, the ones that separate out from launching and getting results and earning money and seeing what's possible are the ones who kind of will get out of their own way in many ways. Like they might've tried this before. A lot of people have tried email list building or they've tried creating a course or they've tried sharing things. And there's something that clicks during the accelerator, I think, where they're like, wait a minute, have I really tried this? Have I tested different options? Have I gone all in? Have I actually put my money where my mouth is? And also have I really understood who I want to reach and how I want to reach them? So it's a beautiful thing for me to witness as well, because I've so been there and I get it and I've done so many launches where I've always had those feelings. So I knew exactly when you were writing that and I was just like, wait a minute, (laughs) let me help you out here because it's lovely to have somebody come along and do that, right? And even for me, just every so often, somebody to call you out and go, hmm, I think a lot of this is just happening in your head right now. Let's look at the reality and facts that you're capable of whatever you want to be doing. So really appreciate that you took that and went with it because action is the thing that gives you the momentum and momentum is the thing that then gets you the flow and the energy comes your way and then the results happen. And so the eight people that you've got in your course, and I think you also put your price up. I mean, this is amazing because now you've got your course there, which I'm really looking forward to taking once I've done my book, because I know I could benefit a lot from it. I know I told you I secretly desire to have a band or be in a band and singing in a band. And I think it'd be really neat to do that and work on my voice to be in that place. So I'm really excited. And I think it's an awesome niche too. It's you've really created something that speaks to your heart and that you do really well. And you've, as I said, really packaged that into something that's super valuable for people who may even not be thinking on the musical side, but just really wanting to develop their voice. And with that, I'm sure comes a lot of confidence for your clients and other things that probably open up as a result. It's pretty incredible once you unpack something and release that, how it starts to ripple into other areas of your life. Have you seen that in your clients as well? Absolutely. Yeah. I've had there's a woman who did one of my first courses back in the early days and she came into the course almost barely able to walk in the door. She was so nervous. She wanted to even sing or be there. And she spoke in a very, very quiet voice. And she ended up, she's now like recording an album. She met her husband inside the program. Oh my gosh. And and created this huge breakthrough in relationships and how she just shares who she is authentically in the world. And then went on to, I was able to be at their wedding and they, um, they wrote a musical for their wedding and performed at their ceremony. (laughs) That is amazing. Yeah. So that's a huge, but I think even others have really big breakthroughs in just all things voice, all things around self-expression, speaking up for oneself, creating boundaries. A lot of women have big breakthroughs in just having strong boundaries with people that are negative in their lives Mm. and being able to stand up for themselves and definitely sharing and going on to have music careers or even one woman became a cantor at a synagogue as a result of the program. So lots of just all ways that we can kind of share voices. And it just makes me so happy because I feel like this is what's going to change the world when women are authentically sharing themselves and their voices. And I really feel the power of music to make such a big impact. So I'm just so happy that there's more and more beautiful, amazing women sharing their gifts in the world. And you are so part of that, your beautiful mission as well. Thank (laughs) you. I just thought what a wonderful, beautiful way to get up every morning, knowing that you're off to change the world and bring that full expression to women's lives and anybody's lives who's willing to do the work. I just think that's so beautiful, which is why it comes back to how important your why is and what you do. And that's the thing that will motivate you day in, day out, even on the super hard days when you're ready to throw things in, like we've all been there. Just being able to go, hang on a minute, let's step back. Who's the person I'm serving and how can I show up in their world today? 
Yeah, beautiful. Thank you so much, Emma. I'm sure there's heaps more that we could continue talking about, but I'm just really looking forward to your next evolution because you're positively radiant right now. And I feel you've just come on this, continuing to go on this amazing journey right from when you left college and decided straight off the bat, no, I'm going to be an entrepreneur and I'm going to share these gifts with the world. So what is one of the best ways that people can get in touch with you and learn more about your work? The web is shethinksoutloud.com and then all of the socials are at shethinksoutloud. You can also reach out to me on Instagram at, at emmabackmusic is my more kind of personal and music Instagram and emmabackmusic.com if you want to check out my music. Perfect. And do you have a little gift to share with our lovely listeners? A little yes. challenge that they can take themselves on maybe? Yes, I have a five-day challenge called Revolutionize Your Music Practice. And I'll say for non-musicians listening, well, first of all, maybe you have a hidden desire to mm. take up an instrument or to sing or to be a musician, because we really all are musicians. But if that's not you, it's really about practice, how you find ritual and routine in all aspects of your work or anything that takes some discipline. And it's really about balancing discipline with also spontaneity and inspiration. And you can find that at shesingsoutloud.com forward slash Natalie. Mm, I love it. What a great combination. Thank you so much, Emma. It's been a sheer pleasure to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much, Natalie. And thank you for everything that you have given me with your amazing programs. I really hope you enjoyed this awesome interview with Emma. I had a blast and I'm super excited to shine the light on her work because what she does is so powerful. So if you feel that you've been sitting back and really not speaking out, haven't been finding the true voice that you really, really want to share with the world, and maybe that you've been playing it small on every single level when it comes to this, then listen to this interview again and definitely go and check out shesingsoutloud.com. And while you're at it, if you are at all curious about achieving the success that Emma has done through her online courses and monetizing her amazing skills, knowledge and experience, then please check out my Launch Your Damn Course Accelerator. It starts on September 7th and you can find the full details of how you could pre-sell and launch your own online course and teach people what you know to make more impact and income in 60 days from now. Find out more details at nataliesisson.com forward slash accelerator. I would love to have you join this cohort. It's the final cohort for 2020 and it is your time to launch your damn course and untap your potential.